0: And we're live with episode 15 of Living the Guide Life. And we have Brian Glass on today from Red Leg Outfitters, owner and operator. They have a huge duck hunting lodge down in Oklahoma and Texas. And they're killing ducks under timber and always doing different things to improve the habitat and get more ducks on their property and they even do a little bit of hog hunting and do some more kind of hunting but their main focus is waterfall and they love what they do they have a couple lodges out there that you could stay at and they kill a bunch of ducks so i hope you guys enjoy All right, we are here with Living the Guide Life podcast, and this will be episode 15. We are here with Brian Glass, owner of Red Leg Outfitters down in Northeast Texas and Southeast Oklahoma, where they do mainly waterfowl hunts, but also do some thermal hog hunts and deer hunts as well. So, how are we doing today, Brian?
1: I'm good, Chance. How are you doing today, bud?
0: i just living the dream every day up in uh, Minnesota.
1: I hear you. I, uh, I'm going to say I got you beat, though. I'm, uh, I'm down here in Destin, Florida, actually. Oh, wow. For a little fan uh, vacation. Nice. So I'm actually sitting by the pool as we're recording this, and uh, That's hard, uh to that <laughs> hard to beat.
0: Hard <laughs> to beat. That is hard to beat. No yeah, I didn't tell that. you that.
1: Uh, <laughs> we tried to change our... Uh, our our time around yeah it was uh trying to trying to work around family and we've got our whole family down here to do it every year and yeah you know so yeah just sitting here by the by the pool relaxing and talking uh hopefully talking some some waterfowl and duck hunting and what else would you rather do right
0: (laughs) exactly that's the best thing to talk about is just hunting and uh just being outside that's all i like to talk about at least but, uh, so you're down in Florida. How long are you down in Florida for?
1: Well, we'll be down here for a week. Yeah, we, uh, I guess we got here on Saturday and we leave out Saturday and nice. just kind of taking it easy, going to go do a little fishing trip with a buddy of mine, uh, tomorrow.
0: Oh, nice. So I
1: play a little golf, but really just, yeah. uh, just hanging out.
0: Yeah. Just what are you hanging. guys fishing for?
1: Uh, I think grouper and snapper is what we're going after. I, uh. I actually met a, a a guy. I sold him some decoys about four years ago. Okay, <clears throat> and uh, met him that way. And uh, he was originally in the Air Force, still is in the Air Force, and was stationed down here at one point. So he has some contacts, and he's here. And oh, cool! Long story short, so we're getting to go out and go fishing with him. I mean, it's not a it's not a chartered boat, something like that. It's just some got some friends and some friends. So uh, they caught him really good yesterday, and that's the plan
0: absolutely that's the way to do it down there so um yeah so we were talking a little bit too on your doing a little uh building on the farm out there um what do you guys do during the summertime on the off season what are kind of your big things that you guys like to accomplish
1: well I, i think like everybody um You know, season ends and everybody always talks about, uh, you know, when the season ends, the next one begins. And and, uh, on our particular place here, um, you know, it starts with putting together a management plan. For the next year, okay. uh, are you going to do? Are you going to draw down your your moist soil impoundments? Starting, you know, usually starting in, in March, uh, we will we we'll let those birds kind of relax for for a couple of weeks, a month or two at the most. Yeah, and then we we'll start you you start looking at that, and then you start talking about okay, are we going to to plant some of these these impoundments and stuff like that? Are we going to build any new ones? And so. There's always something to do. I think any anybody that's passionate about uh, you know chasing and, and hunting waterfowl, always you're always trying to be, do better. Yeah, you're always trying to do better, even if it's like a let's say you have a, a little old place or a farm or a lease or something, and you hunt it this year, and you say, hey, well, this year we want to cut out those couple of trees there, or we want to dish this up, or we want to plant some some millet or whatever you want to do, or we want to raise the water level, you're always trying to do better. Yeah. I think being a steward of the land, in a degree too. Um, but we all, are, I say we all, it's, you know, I, there's a, there's a passion here that is, you know, that, that kind of indescribable and it's more than a deer hunter. It's more than a turkey hunter. Uh, even though I love to turkey hunt, but yeah. it's just different. You know, it's, um, everybody says that once you catch the bug it's just uh you're you're, you're doomed you know um, so, <laughs> yeah so kind of long story short is is i'm always trying to do things better and sometimes they work out sometimes they don't but uh, for example is uh we're putting uh yeah I, I threw a couple of videos on last week of uh just i was up in a 200 horse tractor with a with a dirt pan moving some dirt and had one of my hands on a one of our dozers there and uh flooding uh, trying to put some water on the bottom that's uh we, we think it's going to be about 14 15 acres yeah uh, i don't have a it'll be like a moist soil unit and if we ever wanted to plant it obviously we can um and it's got a bunch of big oak trees on it and in it so uh yeah we we got it pretty much lined out before i left and uh, i don't like to do anything about me around not that i'm an expert
2: yeah oh I. but uh
1: when i took a vacation uh, uh we decided we'd, we'd park the equipment till i got back and mm-hmm. shoot our final grade and and finish it up and then we'll see how the chips fall you know i mean of course um you've got to have water And, uh, you've got to, you've got to have food for ducks. So, uh, that's, that's really what we do all all season long. It's always, uh, you know, putting a plan together and trying to put that plan into place. And, uh, it, it might be building uh, new structures. It might be, uh, changing certain structures that we already have. Uh, some of them, it's just, (laughs) some of us just going out and driving by them and just looking at them and thinking about what's to come. So, um, but that's what we do. Um, it's pretty much a three sixty five deal. And some people say that and I like to think that we, we really, uh, show that. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys mainly do for like duck food and waterfall food down there? Cause I know it's a lot of like corn beans, all that kind of stuff up here, wild rice. What does it kind of yeah, look like down know, there?
1: You know, it's, um, every, so, so as you've heard, and as you know from, you know your your talks on this podcast and everything with different outfitters, and, yeah, you know, like in, in Lubbock or in, in uh, Amarillo or even down south in the rice country, you know, in Katy Prairie area, Texas is a is a huge state, and we all have different things uh, habitats that. Uh, we offer. Um, yeah, where we're located uh, in in east and north Texas, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of flooded ag. You know, when you think of like Arkansas and flooded rice fields and bean fields, and yeah, they they don't have much corn up there. They got a little bit, but you, you, you that's what everybody thinks of, and and we don't have a lot of that. We do have some. Um, uh, we've got a, a little bit of ag and that we, we flood and, and, and whatnot. Uh, we've got a lot of moist soil, uh, man-made and uh, natural, you know what I mean? So we have a lot of uh, WRP, which is a wetlands reserve program impoundments that have really sprung up over the last 15 years all across the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we hunt a lot of those. Uh, we do have some some, some green timber tracks that we hunt. Okay. Um, uh, which is not really common to this area at all. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. You know, I mean, most people think of green timber and you think of, uh, uh, Arkansas first, and then a little bit, a little bit of Missouri, a little bit of Louisiana and a little bit of Mississippi and that's it. And, um, I've been fortunate to create some, some really nice green timber tracks that, uh, they may not, not rival Arkansas, but it's, they're, they're pretty pretty nice, and they've been very productive for us. Okay. Um, and then we hunt, you know, a lot of stock ponds or stock tanks, everybody likes to call them tanks in West Texas, but um, we got a little bit of everything, it's kind of a, a, we got a lot of water here, which is unique to, say, West Texas, you know? Um, yeah. Those, those, those guys out there that chase all those geese and, you know, they're hunting those pie lakes and roost lakes, there may only be one, there may be one or two across the road from each other, and there may not be another one for another five, ten miles. Yeah. Depending on, you know, depending on what, what kind of water situation they have for the year, whereas we have, you know, deep water reservoirs um, readily available all the time. So, yeah. Uh, it's pretty unique. Uh, it's not, um, you know, a lot of folks that come, especially from out of state, you know, they show up and I said, well, driving in, we really didn't see see much. that looked like duck country or whatever, you know. Yeah. I said, well, it's just a different area. It's not like uh, driving down Interstate 30. Through the middle of Arkansas from Little Rock on, and you just see nothing but rice fields and snow geese and ducks on each side of the road. Of you.
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: so every every um, every place is unique in its own way. Yeah. You know, I think that's what makes it special. Is you can go, you know, um, all over the country, and it's all it's its own way, and it's 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 good for its own reasons. You know, I don't know why we are so successful i don't I don't feel like we are we don't have a refuge yeah anywhere close to us or anything like that I mean you know it's just um, uh, it, it is it's it's good for its own reasons um, yeah so every place is unique and um, uh, it's, uh, ours is um probably just the availability of waters that makes ours unique
0: yeah and just creating that habitat that you guys have put into
1: it yep yep that's right we've, we've got quite a bit
0: yeah yeah like you were saying you put that uh start doing a little bit of timber and just adding that habitat and growing it i mean just creating somewhere for them to come sit feed all that kind of stuff
1: yeah i, I, I kind of feel like you can't have enough you know yeah. um, and that what we see is some years birds don't use or, or like certain areas more than others so you know we've got impoundments or whatever that for whatever reason we may only get a couple hunts out of but the one 200 yards from there or 400 yards or stuff like that you can't keep them out of it yeah and so more is more and is never less that's what i like to say
0: (laughs) i love it (laughs) yeah Oh, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, just trying different things on habitat and just what you guys do. You guys just know what to what to build and what not to build. And then I was, I was listening to uh, I don't know if you've heard the Hunt Forty One, um, like YouTube channel or whatever, and they like they're filming a bunch of stuff all over the country like chasing all 41 species of waterfowl right and uh they were just talking about when they were out in california i want to say and like hunting wood ducks and the property out there they put in like a certain tree just for the wood ducks to be able to like um stand on right along the water okay They said they grew like their wood duck population like a ton just really? by planting those trees and having somewhere for them to, like, sit down and relax and, like, hop in and out of the water. And it was pretty neat to hear about.
1: Yeah, we all, I mean, you know, every, everybody in, in every different part of this country has their own way of doing things. And yeah. nobody knows uh, the territory, like, where you've grown up, right? So yeah. I'm a fourth generation here, and I don't... Um, I, by all means, don't know everything <laughs> about what goes on here, but it, you know, if, if you go throw me in, in Southwest Minnesota, I probably lost for a little while, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it take me, it'd take me a while, and I, I've been fortunate to, to travel quite a bit and hunt all over, and, um, it, and I really enjoy doing that, I don't, I just don't get to do enough of it. But, uh, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, that's how it is anywhere you go, we all, we all do things a little different, um, but it's all for, you know, the same common goal.
0: Yeah, everyone's got their own little niche.
1: Yep, that's right.
0: Yeah, and whatever works for them may not work in another part of the country, but if it works, it works. That's right. So, yeah. And uh, what is it like to own and operate a an outfitter like you guys got down there i mean you got lodging and all this kind of different stuff that you're able to do your 12th year in business i was looking at
1: yeah um let me, th- let me sum that up in a word uh, stressful
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's probably it but you know uh, when, and i'll speak to probably almost any other guy that's in this business we wouldn't do it another way yeah you know it's, it's almost like uh, you know, why do we, why do I put myself through this? (laughs) Uh, But, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard to describe, you know, um, I've been very blessed with the, the, the people that I've met, uh, the properties that we've, you know, allocated and put together.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's demanding. It's tough um but um really enjoy it I don't know how long I'll keep I, mean, I don't know if I'll be doing this another 12 years from now but uh we'll see yeah it's uh we just we keep rocking along here and uh, just uh, just love being out being out and 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 taking taking new folks and creating those relationships with clients and people who you know really almost become and some of them have um uh, just Great, great, great friends, great business colleagues. Uh, You just never know where it's going to go.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah, I hear you. And then the people you meet and how many guys you guys have running through there each year. I mean, there's a lot of new faces. That's right. Yeah,
1: we're we're situated in a pretty special place because, uh, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth, the Metroplex itself is – you know, an hour and a half at at tops. Yeah. Uh, from from our where we where we work at is and so you know, you're sitting right outside of a metropolitan area that's just loaded with with the successful people and mm-hmm. people that want to get out. They want to get out of the city. They want to come hunting. Yeah. Just get away, spend a weekend or a few days during the week uh, with some of the. You know, business clientele or their kids and grandkids, and and mm-hmm. uh, it's really advantageous for what we do. Uh, just just so easy for, for people that aren't having to get on a plane necessarily, and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and travel. You know, we do have folks come from the east, from all over the country, but uh, yeah, uh, there's so many folks that we can tap into in the DFW market just right here in our backyard so
0: yeah well that's awesome that's a that's the way to do it i mean yeah i see you guys have quite a few youth that come down into where you're at as well and that's
1: good to see yeah it, it's really good you know um as you get a little older you start to appreciate that more and more um i used to not i'll be the first to tell you that yeah and uh and, I, and i'm I'll also be the first to tell you that the times when you're on a you got a really good, good shoot lined up and you take a bunch of kids and you know, they, you, you do have to do just that. I call it, you got to babysit them and introduce them and take them slow. And they yep. don't shoot when you tell them to shoot or they, you know, and I used to get really frustrated with that. And, yeah. uh, as I've, as I've matured and gotten older, I've realized that, you know, how special that is and, uh, how I used to be that, you know, the, those kids age and, didn't matter if you shot two boxes of shells and only killed a burn or two. Yeah. So I've I've learned to uh, to appreciate that more and to to be an advocate of that. Yeah. And uh, and not worry about the um, you know the the picture at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, how many How many did you get? How many you How many did y'all shoot? They always shot a limit. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, I had four kids that never been hunting before that's what's more
0: important oh exactly we do uh we do some guiding up here on waterfowl hunts uh me and a buddy do and i mean you have you'll have some days that like you'll just have some kids in high school or whatever and they'll come out with you and like i mean one time i remember we we had this loaded like pond in the middle of a cornfield and i mean i think they'd we brought like two kids out that day They bullshot shot through two boxes, two and a half boxes of shells. Like they killed like four birds. Yeah. But like they had so much fun and like the smiles on their faces just even like knocked those four down. Just so, so fun to see. And like just, just good to see kids getting out and like wanting to do it.
1: For sure. There's a, uh... You know, I think that's part of, uh, with, uh, with the way social media is these days and, uh, information age and technology, you know, we feel like, especially the guys out there that are hunting public land, everybody feels like it's more crowded. Yeah. There's more people getting in the sport. You know, everybody's watched duck commander or whatnot, you know, and everybody feels like, man, it's just not what it used to be. And then when in reality, that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these metropolitan areas are growing at an unbelievable rates. And all those youth and kids and stuff are not being introduced mm-hmm. to uh, not just hunting, but shooting sports in general.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, uh, hold on. I got a, got a yard man rolling up on me here.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Uh, but they're not being introduced to, you know, um, shooting sports and hunting and all that, like like a lot of us have been fortunate enough to grow up doing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hear so that.
1: So I think it's really important that we continue to be advocates for the sport, also to just just take kids when we can. You know, it's. Uh, who knows? Uh, they're, they may be the ones that have to take
0: me one day when I'm too old to do it. So. Yeah. Oh, I hear it. I mean, even with me, like, in high school, I mean, we you didn't really see many, like, big hunters. I mean, guys would go up there for um, deer opener and stuff like that up in northern Minnesota and whatnot. But, I mean, you didn't see many, like many big waterfowl hunters or anything like that everyone would go maybe shoot a couple pheasants here and there with like their family but they never like went out by themselves and did it right and so it was kind of kind of sad to see but i mean that's just the life that they live and grow up in the suburbs and whatnot don't really get out get out in the woods or anything like that because they just don't have anyone to take them out there
1: it's uh, it's it, our world's changing quite a bit yeah. here and uh, especially in like I say in, in the big cities and um, I just think it's really important you know and, and yeah. some of my fondest memories uh, would, would be from you know uh, going to duck camp with my dad and all his buddies as far as I can remember back you know so yeah. I mean it's, it plays a, a very important part in, in, in young folks lives it, it, it sure
0: can not be very influential yeah like it's just great memories to have and like sure. like for me like going with my grandpa and doing all these kind of hunts and stuff like that just so much fun to like be there with him because I don't know how much time he's got left and then like it's, just like it's just fun to cherish those moments and all that kind of stuff
1: that's
0: sure. right but yeah but so are you guys do you guys mostly do uh, a lot of duck hunts down there, or do you guys do a decent amount of like goose shoots as well?
1: Yeah, no, we don't. We're we're, we're far enough east, um, you know. Um, we don't get a we don't get much of a push when it comes to uh, geese. Okay. Um. There's there's a couple of pockets of snow geese. Um, within. Like- you know what I call. Within an hour of us yeah, um, that that are kind of always there you know they've been there since i was can remember yeah uh and then we really don't get uh we get a few migrating specs and a few we get a few a few candidates but <clears throat> not not enough i mean we probably have yeah i don't know i'm gonna say 10 to 12 goose shoots a, a year at the most Okay. Um, we just don't get them. We got a we got a pretty pretty good resident population.
2: Yeah.
1: Stay and that's and, the, and that's what happens. Those those residents are around here, and uh, the the few that do migrate through here and come in here, they kind of join in with them. Yep. Um, it's predominantly ducks. Yeah. You know, and it's predominantly uh, over water. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of count on. I mean, I can count on on. An, on both on two hands, how many times we've dry field hunted around here in the last six seven years?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure enough.
1: So it's just you know I don't you know why why birds hit dry fields dry fields in the north and the Midwest and don't don't hit them here mystery to me.
0: Yeah. Um. Just not yes. on their flight path.
1: Just. Well, I mean, they just don't they just don't do it. Now you yeah. You go. Go out west, and of course, that's all—all all those birds do. They
2: hit the peanut fields, they yep, hit those cut fields. corn and
1: milo fields, and the, yeah. But you know, why does the duck do what he what he does? Yeah, you know, I can't. I I, I mean, if I was a, if hey, if I was a duck and knew what he would do,
0: it'd
1: be a lot different, that's
0: for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, are you guys just mainly shooting mallards down
1: there? I wish. Really? <laughs> no, we're we're. Uh, I, I say that. I'm yeah. not a uh, I'm not a duck snob I think they're all uh, They're all great and, Oh yeah uh, And we 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 Hunt, hunt them all uh, It's It's pretty interesting Where we are So um, We have We have days Where that's what we target You mm-hmm. know and I'll say Hey I We're gonna try to shoot All greenheads Yeah And the next day We may be shooting All divers Over, oh, over wow. bigger water yeah. So and, and I may have Two or three groups out in the in the same day, and and that's what's happening. One shooting all, all kill and widgeon and get all, One shooting all greenheads, and one shooting nothing but redheads, ringnecks, and a few bluebills. Oh wow! So, and that's what's you know that goes back to that. All our all our uh, habitat is so diverse. Yeah. You know, So, I mean, yeah, you're not going to go in there and shoot a bunch of redheads or ringnecks in a timber hole. You yeah. may kill some ringnecks if you wanted to. Um, but then, you know, we've got a big irrigation lake that's 80 acres and oh, wow. so big and it's deep and you're struggling to get decoys out far enough and that's all you're going to shoot is, is predominantly your divers. So, yeah. um, no, we're, we're not geographically uh, located in... Where we can we can do just that is shoot mallards. Um, yeah. It's just a, it's just kind of a smorgasbord.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's fun to get a bunch of different ducks down, too. Like I everybody
1: love, likes everybody likes different ones. We I get a lot of new folks, a lot of clients that want to shoot mallards and. And, and I'll tell them I'd love to. And some of them, we, we can. We yeah. can have some really, really, really great night sheets for especially in Texas. Yeah. Um, but I also try to say, hey, you know, this is, this, this and I hate to say it like this, if you want to go shoot straight greenheads, you better call up Tony Vanderborn. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is still, we're still down here at the end of the flyway. Yeah. And we're so dependent on weather there's so many other factors you know
2: um, oh yeah
0: what are some of the factors you guys take in with, uh, within your duck season
1: uh, in, in regards to what
0: <laughs> into like do you guys bank on a good amount of rain or like time of year okay. and stuff yeah. like that
1: yeah man n- not really you know um I'm very, very fortunate that a lot of our, our habitat and our properties, I can control the water. Oh, nice. So actually, actually, I would, I would love to have a drought year.
2: Really?
1: I don't, I don't want lots of rain. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't mind having some decent rains, you know, late in the year, say like uh, starting after Christmas, flood some, just put some sheet water or something on some ag fields that don't normally have water. Yeah. Yeah. you know that it, we're not talking about anything that has a levee or pound Just just row crop ground that you look up and the corner of the field floods, and and uh, when you get a get three or four inch rain, and um, you know you're able to able to hunt that a couple of times before it dries up. So um, I do I do like that. Uh, but being that we can control the waters, I mean I say that it's I say that relatively. You know it may be. Mm-hmm. It's on, let's say seventy-five, seventy percent of you know things that we hunt. Like that. But, okay. Um, that's a big one. You know, uh, water is number one, right? So, yeah. Uh, that's one. Number two is, um, yeah. You know, we don't look for a, a certain day, or you know, like uh, I know I know some folks that that don't hunt the first bit of the season. Oh, which wow. is just crazy. Which is just crazy. They're yeah. like us, oh, not, not good enough, and, and I see that a lot in people wanting to want to come out hunting. You know, they're like, "Until hey, January, and it's cold." What about all those all those uh, all those birds that are flying that are coming through? You know, in, in November and first December. Yeah, I call it those those uh, the early ducks that photo up here. Ducks—they're going to migrate regardless. Yeah, you know, they don't—they don't—they don't need you uh Know, four or five days of 30 degree weather in order to, to be down here so
0: yeah oh i hear you yeah, just, uh...
1: no it's uh it, it, we don't have a our weather's very you know, and i know uh it's it varies last year was very mild okay and uh, that hurts us we're down here we're down here it seems like the last couple of years i think you know um, we've done we've done very well but I will say that uh, it's been tough the last couple of years, and I think that's the overall consensus. Uh, there'll be some folks out there that disagree with me, depending on where you are located. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's, that's true, too. That doesn't mean we don't shoot birds and shoot them pretty, pretty often and, and regularly, but, you know, uh, there's times where it had not been as easy, let me put it that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, just I'd say consistent. That's probably it, you know, and it doesn't matter if we've got a flooded ag, ag fields or we've got timber or we've got this. It just seems like we've had to work harder, scout longer. Yeah. To, to find, you know, birds for the next day. Just I think that has a lot to do with the weather patterns. There's a lot of folks out there who disagree that think it's because of uh, all the flooded corn in the north. North and Midwest, and some yeah. say it's you know people using ice eaters more. I mean, there's there's a hundred theories, but
0: yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I
1: don't know who's right. If it's a combination of a lot of things. But number one, it's got to be weather. You know, you got to have cold weather up, up north. And I mean, I mean, I don't mean. Of course, you live in Minnesota, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Oh and, yeah, uh, like I mean, you know, a couple of de- a couple of days of, of you know sub sub-20s or something is not what I consider to be cold if you live in Minnesota. I may be wrong.
0: But. Yeah, no, like cold for us is like negative 10, negative 15. There you go. Like, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And 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 it's people who don't realize how hardy those, these birds are.
0: Oh, yeah. Like
1: if they have open water and they <laughs> can go out to a cut cornfield or whatever, they yeah. don't have to pooch
0: oh yeah like we'll see so up here kind of where we're at there's a lot of like small rivers and like mm-hmm. they'll have like heated heated ponds or whatever it oh, is oh yeah
1: yeah
0: and I mean if there's open water they'll stay here like damn near all year round that's right and cause I can go get food and they can sit sit in the water and not have to worry about a damn thing don't have to fly anywhere like I mean, we'll we'll be shooting birds all year, all year round, like, really no problem as long as you know the areas. I mm-hmm. mean, and, like, the hunting pressure goes down as well once it hits, like, November just because people don't want to go out in the cold, which I think is ridiculous, but like, that's the best time of year to come hunt up in Minnesota. And I don't know, like, I'll see that, like, when we really start getting good pushes of birds down is when all Canada freezes up and sure. then like once Canada's all frozen up then you'll really start to get you'll start to see a lot of migrating birds down and then they'll stay here I mean all the way through February I mean And like, not want to leave. That, like, I wish our duck season was longer. (laughs) Like, I think
1: that, I think everybody in America tell you that. Yeah. I'm going to put a $100 bill on that.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, our duck season ends like December 4th. And I mean, it really, really starts getting good like early November and then like we'd be able to kill a bunch more ducks in december no problem um, mm-hmm. just as it's closed down i mean yeah
1: i think i think everybody everybody across the country would <laughs> would agree with you there i mean really yeah you know, oh I bet yeah say, Golly, i wish they'd open it you know three weeks later than it normally does and, and and put it on the back end yeah and i think that's i think that's consistent across the country and i don't know if that's I can't speak for the, the old timers out there. I'm, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't been hunting, you know, 50 years. But yeah. uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it used to be. You know, I, I kind of feel like this when I was a kid. It just got colder earlier, and uh, yeah, <clears throat> it, it just seems like it doesn't. And so I, I believe that everybody agrees that man, just seems like the, the later, the better. Yeah. Uh, That doesn't mean that people across the the country don't have good shoots, you know, open a day and the week after and the weekend after that and Tuesday after that or whatnot. I mean, if you're out there doing your homework and busting your tail, you're going to stay consistently on birds. Yeah. Uh, Unless there's a flick, you know, I mean, and that happens. Yeah. But but I do believe that. I think everybody feels the same. It's like, man, this is... (laughs) This is uh, it. Just you know, uh, hell down here. You know, I mean, our season opens the first of November, and it's liable to still be in the seventies. Uh, yeah, 80? I mean, you know, I mean, it'll be cool in the morning, maybe say in the forties, and or something like that. But you, it warms up, and uh, that's tough. So you got your your birds that are kind of here. You know, uh, but but it, it can be uh it can be a bit of time until you start getting those cold fronts to really, really push them on in here.
0: Yeah, I mean like, for us up here, I mean I want to say it was two or three years ago opening day was 90 degrees. <laughs> like yeah. we were sweating and like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was like, why is duck season like so hot? Yeah. And then and I- we just hunt like those necks like Three weeks and then it closes for a week, but I mean you're just shooting all resident birds, so like all birds yeah, are there. Sure. That's all you're gonna shoot, and then yeah. once they start to head south or whatever it is, then you're gonna start to see kind of a gap of like.
1: You're scratching and clawing for a yeah. week or two or whatever. It's the same here.
0: Yeah. You and, know
1: we, we usually have a really good. Of course they're not resident birds, but you get your fur. You get your good waves of, of birds that come in here and. They start trickling in here at the end of October, and then you have uh, you know jam pretty, pretty much jam up opening weekend. Yeah. And then after that, for the next probably week or so, man, it's it can be tough. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, uh,
1: I will say this: this past year was abnormally cool for uh, for November. Yeah. We actually had, uh, I think our first frost was like mid-October, and we had some really really strong cold fronts. Through, okay. october, through, through october and in november yeah i mean i I'm normally cool and the uh no, the first split for november was um probably better than it's been that i can remember in a long time it was it was really good yeah uh, and then we got into a thanksgiving weekend and it started warming up we got into this flat pattern of just no weather at all you know maybe one day one one cold front come through and by the next day it's back in the 60s or something oh wow and it just warmed up kind of this mile just to flat and man you talk about then it got tough
0: yeah oh i can but, imagine man,
1: but november was was actually really good last year
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah i mean it was pretty it was pretty cool for us too up here i mean we were hunting like october and it was it was getting nice and cold i mean we had a couple of days it was 20 degrees i think and so it was it was really nice um just to get that cold weather in but i love i love the cold
1: well I, I had to agree with you there too there's some folks that i don't i don't know cold like y'all know it that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, we we do get we get down, we will have days, uh, you know, lots of days in the teens. Yeah. Uh between the teens and the thirties and then every now and then you'll get a you know, once a year or something like that, you'll have some kind of push It's it down to single digits. And, yeah. Uh that's that's pretty cold if we're down here.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean I think I think the coldest we hunted last year was probably like negative Fifteen, maybe, I'd say, and then may, maybe maybe negative twenty with the windshield, but like, if you're layered right, you're you're not gonna not gonna have to worry about much. I mean,
1: I, I guess the, does does the wind not blow up there predominantly? I mean, that's gonna help
0: some. Yeah, I mean, it like it'll come and go. Relatively, it's like pretty nice. The wind's not too strong. <laughs> But once you start getting, like, I feel like later in the year, it just gets worse. I mean, we hunted yeah. we hunted one day in November, like, over Thanksgiving. And it was, like, 10 degrees, and then it was, like, blowing, like, 50 miles an hour. And snowed, like, a foot and a half. And it was probably one of the coolest hunts I've been on. I mean, well. smashed up the mallards and everything, just because... Like, they just couldn't see. They couldn't see with the wind and the snow blowing in their face, and they were flying like, I mean, they'd hop off the roost, come to our little cornfield, and they were flying like two feet off the ground and just like big, big flocks of mallards, and they just couldn't see, and then they just decoy super burn, well. Man. Yeah, oh, exactly. Like, they'd hear our call. we throw up maybe two, two dozen full-body geese, and then a couple mojos, and they'd all they'd hear is our call. They'd turn right away and just lock up. And those so, are the
1: kind of days you remember.
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like,
1: it it other, definitely. Other days you throw, the other days you throw out, you know, eight, ten dozen, yeah, couple of spinners and everything, and you, you can't even get it. You'll get one out of every ten to peel off and come look at you. You know, you blow at them, do whatever you want to. So
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes,
1: it makes you,
0: uh, makes you appreciate the good ones for sure. Yeah, it was yeah that was a fun day. And then I was actually on my way to the field pulling my trailer, almost crashed into another truck. A truck spun out in front of me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I might not be hunting today. And then I was able to swerve around him. But, God, yeah, when it snows like that, Minnesota is not very good on clean, clearing out the roads really until like the day like that day like they won't go out and plow all the roads once at night it,
1: once it, once the storm passes they start getting on yeah yeah
0: it's terrible like I mean you'll you'll be driving like when it's after like a thick snow like in the mornings or whatever going hunting and it's just like two tire tracks and that's it and like if you go off of that you're just gonna slide all over the place mm. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's just something you get used to.
1: Kinda gets you white knuckled <laughs> a little bit.
0: Yeah. Just gotta make sure you uh you're awake when you're out ready to drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's all fun. It's all fun. But uh how many guides do you guys have out there? Uh,
1: I've got five. Oh wow. <laughs> it's ranged um over the years course of course it started out with just uh myself and added one or two here and there and over the last probably five years four years
2: okay i
1: fluctuated around five to, to eight okay um i think this year i have let's see i guess there's six of us uh, for this fall coming coming up. so Nice. <clears throat> yep. And um, we just keep rocking along.
0: Yeah. How do you look for your guys when you're kind of picking and choosing on who you want to go out there?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. You know, um, a little different than probably some of the outfits out there. Uh, it always, it's always started off of some kind of friendship right yeah uh, that, i, I kind of feel like most guys always have somebody that's you know their their, their best bud Some, yep. a lot of times maybe a, uh, a partner you know yeah uh, and the, and I, in that case i'm not um but um and i've always had um so I, i've been in my situation everybody that's worked for me has been more local okay uh, always has been um not necessarily live here in paris but you know might live 30 minutes away or something like that mm-hmm. um i have one guy that works for me that actually started as a client of mine oh wow in 2012 and um yeah name's shane so Fair he's enough. been with me since i think it was 2011 or 12 and um, now he works with me and for me I, I don't say anybody works for me they work with me Yeah. Um, I try to you know I mean I guess I am the boss and but I like to you know we all work together yeah. so everything's got to be a team or it doesn't work out and um, I uh, <clears throat> last year I actually changed up my, my rhythm a little bit I was forced to but I, I added a, a guy out of my name Matt Herman He's um, he's been working out in Lubbock for the last three or four years. Okay. And uh, he also running goose hunts, and he also works in Canada. Oh wow! Uh, I had him, Matt, last year, and uh, that was his first year. And uh, I've got another another guy coming on named Troy. He actually lives in Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, yeah. Him and Matt. Him and Matt used to work together. Uh, Troy works for uh, uh works for uh, and has for. Um, don't quote me on this. For uh, I'm gonna say like ten years for a Snuglist Outfitter. Uh, oh, wow. His name's John New. He's uh, New Outdoors. Okay. And uh, he also also works at. Uh, they have an outfit in Canada as well. So I've uh, got those two guys. Matt's with me this to be a second year, and Troy will be coming in for his first year. So, but uh, yeah, there's six of us, including myself, and. Uh, that's kind of kind uh, of there.
0: Nice. I wonder if uh, Canada is going to open their border up before waterfall season.
1: Man, you know I don't have a. Uh, I've been I've been going up there for. I guess this will be my ninth year I've been going up there. Um, I don't run I don't run any type of outfitting business out up there. Um, never have, but yeah. uh, I've been going up there freelancing, and uh, I think this is the ninth year if I if I look back on it correctly. And uh, I haven't, I, you know, I, I know some of those guys that that run up there talk to some of them, you know, quite often. Some of them eat so much, but um, you know, everybody's got their own. <laughs> they've got their own uh, uh, opinion. I, I just. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, you know they extended the border closing from I think June 23rd till I think it was July 31st, and now they said yeah we're we're opening up August 1st. But you know with this all this stuff going on, you know it's changing daily, and so yeah. um, man, I, I don't I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. It's kind of kind of like a kind of like all all our sports i just Mm -hmm. don't see it happening this fall Uh, everybody's trying to err on the side of caution Uh, regardless of your beliefs you know that's what they're doing
0: yeah oh absolutely yeah
1: i I don't know what's gonna happen i guess you know at, at some point um these outfitters up there you know they have to make a decision ones i know they leave camp they leave, you know, around the 12th to 15th of August to get up there and make sure all the camps are lined out. You know, it give gives them two weeks to kind of get things rolling. Yeah. And uh, if you keep the border closed till the 1st, you don't have much time to, uh, to, to you know, plan. Yeah. Um, I guess if I was in that position, I would, I would treat it as business as usual. Mm-hmm. Let all my let all my clients know. Hey, you know, obviously we all know it's closed. If that's the case, either I'm refunding you or I'm holding it to the next year and you have your date at the same time. Yeah, uh, that's your two. I, I assume that's your two options, right? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but you have to when you're planning a a business of that you know magnitude and out of the country, you've got to you've got to keep moving forward. Yeah or you have to at this point today say, regardless, we're just going to have to postpone. So, but I, but I think I know all those, most of those guys up there, they, they want to be up there. We all want to be up there. Yep. Uh, it's a special place. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. There's going to be some folks that, you know, put their deposit down and, you know, there's, a, call it what it is, some folks have lost jobs, some people, some people are just scared, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I'd like to think if my, my dad had me two years old and, you know, if he had a trip booked, uh, he's probably not going to go to an airport right now. Yeah. Not that he's scared, but he's going to try to be smart about it. Yeah. So I don't know, uh, it's just craziness and it, it's like that, from the, you know, top to bottom with, with not just being an outfitter, but, you know, everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um I guess you just kinda of take it And everybody kinda of, kinda of sees it and does things a little different and we're just kinda of all trying to work through it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> work through the tough but, times. Uh,
1: man, it is. Uh it's it's just it's tough on everybody and it's kinda one of on those deals nobody knows what to do and what's yeah. the right answer. I think it's a I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know?
0: Oh absolutely.
1: I, I would I would ha- I would hate to be in some type of Type of thought of a figure, you know, thought of figure right now, saying, you know, whether it be a governor or a school principal or something, you know, I mean, nobody's yeah. going to be right, whatever you do.
2: Oh, exactly.
1: Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I hope we, I hope we'll, they open the border. And if they don't, you know, um, I hope everybody out there will. We'll, um, we'll we'll persevere and make it bigger. you know it's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot of folks businesses it's gonna hurt hurt those hurt those local economies yeah. um, all so, those
0: small gas stations and like yeah man. stuff like that uh, that bank uh, off watercolors uh, are coming up
1: but but it's it's factors beyond our control yeah. so you just try to try to push through them and do whatever so i hope it all works out and it, it will one way or the other but yeah. i hope to open it back up and you know the other thing is if they you know if they say we're going to open them up but you have to quarantine for 14 days well who's, who can do that yeah so i'm gonna fly up <laughs> there with a group of six buddies and to hunt for four days or three and a half days but yeah. you yeah that doesn't make sense either so
0: oh exactly. yeah, I do
1: know that you know the Canadian government is, is very liberal and yeah um I don't know
0: yeah I uh so I had a guy on for actually today's podcast so it'll be posted up and he's from British Columbia and he was kind of kind of talking about it and I mean he doesn't really really see it, it open up like
1: no, I don't, I don't, I just don't believe it will. Yeah, he, they're like, they're <clears throat> even blue having blue tough times,
0: like, going into each providence. Like, you can't, oh, like, really? like, you can't even roll into, like, a different providence unless you're, like, a resident out there. And well, so, we
1: saw that, we saw that kind of here, mm-hmm. to a degree. I mean, yeah. since so state to state, you know, when, when Louisiana kind of shut their, their stuff down, I mean, uh, they were not letting people come across from Texas to Louisiana.
0: Oh, wow, really?
1: yeah so and i don't I know you can take it, it they couldn't they couldn't enforce every yeah every spot so i mean yeah you know they're like i will take the back road up north of 20 and back over and you'll be fine you know mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: everybody, everybody does it but um yeah so, have you ever have you gotten to go up in canada at all
0: i have not no i'm uh I wanted to make a trip up this this year to do it with a couple of buddies, but then COVID all hit, and I'm like, ah, uh, probably yeah. not going to be likely to make a trip out there. Just keep. I'll
1: tell you what, it's a, it's a special place. Yeah. There's no doubt about
0: it. Yeah, I've had quite a few uh, older buddies that have been going up there, and we it's are going to special. try to make a trip up there, but I just... And see it happening, but I I'd like to make a trip up there next year it would be kind of the ideal scenario because I mean all I only hear good things about Canada like what's that I only hear good things about Canada oh yeah like <laughs> the waterfowl yeah, hunting up there is crazy
1: yeah it's uh it's um it's pretty special so that's the only thing I can say about it it's it's uh, if I had to live anywhere. That's where I'd move to. Now I don't want to be up there when it's thirty below. I'll tell you that. But I would, if you could let me live up there from, let's say, May one through November one. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's yeah. it. Great people. Um, very rural. Just salt of the earth people. Yeah. Um, beautiful country, and obviously plenty of plenty of birds. That's that checks a lot of boxes for me, sir. So
0: yeah just a win 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 yep yeah oh i yep. hear you on that um but also before we uh kind of finish things off here because i gotta hop on another call but i wanted to hear a little about your thermal hog hunting down there
1: yeah well i mean man thermal hunts are pretty awesome in itself uh for people somebody that doesn't know I mean, thermal imaging um pulsar products. Um, you know, we we've got man, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we've got more hogs right here in our backyard than anywhere in the state of Texas. Now I'm not wow. saying that to try to sell a hunt. I'm just talking about <laughs> we've got we've got I mean it's ridiculous. yeah, I'm not doing that trying to, try to just come hogs by I just I'm just saying that you can't you can't, and and we got they've they've come out, they're all over, they're you know, still expanding, but I, it just seems like we got them like rats. Yeah, I mean they're just everywhere, and it doesn't matter if you trap them, it doesn't matter if you shoot them, it doesn't matter. They're just we're our, our little. Uh, our little um, uh, habitat or area, whatever you want to call it, is just so conducive. I mean, it is it is nothing but bottoms uh, with you know creek bottoms and thickets, and we just we just got them like crazy. But yeah, the thermal hunts are pretty pretty uh, pretty special. You know, I mean, anytime you go out and unload a semi-automatic weapon, you know, on, yeah. uh, uh Fifteen, a ten, or thirty round clip on uh, a group of hogs is pretty pretty cool. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, of course, you know when you it, when you for for example, you you're like, man, I don't I never may have never seen a hog before. Or, yeah. We well, don't even really know what that looks like or to expect. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it makes for late nights. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you got to wait till the sun goes down. Especially this time of year, it's hot. It doesn't get dark until 9, 9, 30, and run to the wee hours of the morning. But, uh, you know, you can roll up on a sounder of, you know, 30, 20, 30, 40. Depends on, you know, how many little ones are in it. Yeah. Do some damage.
0: Yeah. Um, so. That sounds like a great time.
1: Yeah, you know, I remember the first hog I shot, uh, and I think that was in 2003. Okay. That was the first first hog I ever saw, wow. ever. And I remember a group of them come out. We came out. We had them on a game camera, and it's like, oh man, you know, like twelve hogs. It's like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. Because at that time, all you had is deer, right? It's yeah. Like, and they came out. Came to the cornfield. We shot two of them. Buddy and I did. Put them in the back of the truck. Took them around. Took pictures of them. Did all that. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is awesome. If these things. Are like, Multiply, and we could just go shoot them all the time, you know. (laughs) Well, uh, careful what you wish for, (laughs) (laughs)
2: because
1: I mean, literally, you know, when when we say they're everywhere, and they are. They'll come up in folks' backyards, you know. uh, They're everywhere, and they're extremely uh, destructive. Um, They wreak havoc on anything we try to plant for our ducks. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what it is; they're going to try to eat it. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, they're they're. I don't know. I can't think of anything good to say about them. I say that like they are fun to shoot. Boss. Yeah. The Tastes real good.
0: The real question is, how good are they to eat?
1: Uh okay. I mean. I, <laughs> I, I'm. I, I'm. A, I'd rather go to the to the grocery store and go. I'll my butcher. You know, raisin a hog and butcher it. i be your last Yeah. Everybody have. Everybody eats for their eats their own, right? So. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of folks that take them, and I, you know, they may not take a big one, but they be like, "Man, we smoked one; it was great." Well, hey, that's great, but I don't. I don't care for them. I'll be real honest. Usually, yeah. uh, we'll have folks that. Um, They'll say hey we want to take a couple of them back or whatever or take the back stretch out of one. We'll do whatever you want to yeah but if you want to, if you want to shoot them leave them late, I'm okay too yeah uh, I, I guess that doesn't sound really sportsman like but um there there's there's no they're essentially considered a nuisance yeah and so there's no season on them. there's no method in which you have to shoot them by. Yeah, and you're not even required to have a license to the state of texas anymore oh wow yeah so it's suggested so if you came down here and wanted to, wanted to go hunt them for to say two days you know it's it's suggested that you buy a license just for conservation and yeah uh, but you're not required to
0: okay yeah. so
1: i mean it's it's free reign
0: yeah just letting it all go
1: yep yeah Yep. so
0: Sure. yeah i always wondered if they they're any good to eat that was always kind of one, one of my things i always wondered about and yeah <laughs> yeah they
1: are they're not they're not bad they're not bad there's better uh, I, there's I better things though that's right i mean <laughs> it's it's, a, it's it's pork yeah but it, it doesn't taste like one's been corn fed for you know yeah. 120 days in a barn but uh for sure uh it's not bad and uh, a lot of folks like them so.
0: yeah but do a lot of do you see a lot of people out hunting hogs in your area then
1: oh yeah people hunt them all the time all the time yeah there's there's um the commercialization of like thermal hunts is yeah. big and it also allows you know local outfitters and just i i got some some buddies and some groups that um just like to go do it themselves
2: yeah
1: um that's that's good and there's a lot of folks that just shoot them all the time i mean literally uh, all your deer hunters um you know they usually shoot them all the time try to keep them off the of feeders and yeah.
0: yeah oh yeah. do you guys have helicopters that chase them out there too
1: yes we do yeah no, i've never done that and i can't speak much on it. i've watched it yeah, uh, we've got a couple of different groups of helicopter guys that come in. Usually, right there at the end of end of that season, so they usually show up about end of end of January, if not the first of February, and they try to put together as many landowners as they can to to let them access their property. Okay. Right. So, so if they came they came to us and said, hey, you know well, you let us fly over your property to shoot these hogs? Sign this waiver and draw draw out the map for us. Yeah. And what they're doing is essentially they're taking clients hunting. Um, you know, for, for not for free because they have to operate you know, helicopters yeah. and yeah. ammo, but they're not having to pay for essentially a lease. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of taking care of you know two birds one stone. They get to take people hunting and they're also eliminating some of these hogs hogs off people's private property oh yeah it's pretty cool i've watched it um you know it's relatively expensive It looks yeah. pretty cool i've I never done it so can't yeah. speak much on it they yeah, kill a lot of hogs i will give them that yeah i mean i'm gonna come a bunch like you know they might say hey yesterday we killed 120 or whatever
0: jeez that's yep. a lot of hogs that's a lot. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. But, yeah, I think, is there anything else you wish we would have touched on before we end things up here?
1: Man, not not really. Um, you know, I, I've listened to a couple of your deals there, and um, yeah, you, I know you've asked that question. And I was like, golly, what would I ask what would I ask? What would I say? No, I, I would probably, I mean, you know, obviously we're, we're on air and I won't do anything to critique you, but I, I guess I will. I'll just say, you know, if I was asking for, for folks out there that wanted to know, like, you know, how did you get started? Yeah. I don't, we don't have to get into that, but how'd you get started? What, what got you started? What made you? Because, you know, you asked earlier about people, how do you get guides or whatever? And I get emails all the time from from. People, young and old. Hey, I'm looking for a job for this this fall or whatever. I want to get started, and I've been hunting my buddies up here and so and so and so and so. And, so and, so and I'm tired of just hunting with my buddies. I want to hunt for a living. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and I get them all. The, I probably get ten or fifteen a year. And <clears throat> you know, and and probably a little more of what that looks like. I, I would, you know, I think everybody. It's always cool to know, like, uh, you know, I mean talking to the boys out at Cadillac Creek or what you know yeah. whatever like what made how would you get started yeah I think that's always a good one to add to your to you know what made you get into it not just well there's you know I, I don't I don't know those guys stories I know I know of them but um yeah
2: yeah
1: you know, how did they even come about what yeah. did they what made those those boys get together and say this is what we're going to do I think everybody's Always intrigued by that as well. So
0: yeah, I yeah, I'd like to see. I'd like to kind of get how you started up here because I got still a couple more minutes. So I'd love to hear how you kind of got where you're at in the outfitting business.
1: Uh, by default, actually, <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, I uh, I moved back from college and uh, of course like a lot of like a lot of kids I hunted with with friends of mine and all through I grew up I um, grew up with my dad at death camp and all that good stuff yeah. and moved back got back from school and was hunting with a you know a close-knit group of guys and I actually had a, a guy by the name of Steven that had put together uh, red leg outfitters as a as almost just an outfitter trying to trying to be a booking agent for a couple of different People, uh, a couple of different guide services, you know, one in Canada, one uh, and, and two in the United States. Yeah. And he approached me. We hunted together a couple of times and he said, Man, you know, I know you're young. At the time I was what, <clears throat> 22, 23, 24, or something like that. Okay. And, and uh, like like 22, man, or last week, so roughly. And uh said, You know, hey, you've got all this you know I'm blessed we I operate off a, a main ranch that we run we own and operate and we I run a bunch of cattle on and um yeah that's where i base off of um and he said man you, you already have all this property why don't i book some hunts for you and i said man nah, nah i'm <laughs> not no, not doing that of course i was young yeah. and I, fin- I finished the season And, uh, just doing whatever I was doing and working and got into the next fall and he's like, man, I'm going to book some hunts for you. Well, I kind of started, started hunting for the fall and I I was having a passion and scouting and doing and whatever. And realized that if, if, if I wanted to go hunting for the day, the next day I was having to go do all the scouting. Yeah. Or, hey, we want to go hunting, all right, you bring all your decoys. Or, hey, look, I want to lease that piece of ground, well, I'm having to pay for it. Yeah. And so you kind of start looking at things a little differently. Oh, exactly. And I said, man, why, you know, why don't I take a few people to offset these costs and do
2: all
1: this stuff. Yeah. And I said, okay, fine. And I said, I'll, I'll start taking some, and I did. And then it just kind of took off from there yeah and after about i I don't quote me on the year so um i decided to uh to buy steven out i mean he was not involved in day-to-day operations he was essentially just using the name and booking them and i was taking them yeah i realized that man hey all these folks are calling me you know i mean Joe goes hunting with me through Steven, and he brings. He tells Sam to call me, and Sam's got six guys, and they want to go three times this fall. Yeah, you know, and so it became a deal where, it just kind of by default, is like you know, and I had enough name recognition with it that it was just it was the sensible thing to do. Yeah, and so that's what I did. and uh, I bought about, and uh, it's just kind of every year it seems to just grow from there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, so yeah, that's like I said. It's kind of by default. It's not like I grew up and said, "Man, I want to be a I want to be a guy." Yeah. And it's kind of turned into more of the business side for me. I mean, I enjoy. I, that's what I love about it. I love the business side of the the uh, um, coordinating part of it and meeting everybody and make sure everybody's in the right spot. And like I said, it's stressful, but yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still don't every day, but uh, trying to trying to maybe do a little bit less of that.
0: But. I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the way to do it then.
1: <clears throat> so but yeah. it's it's been a, it's been a good ride so far. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you so much for hopping on. Had a blast.
1: You, you bet, Chance. I always enjoy enjoy talking about. The, things that I'm passionate about and hopefully somebody may or may not have taken something from this and yeah. You know, it's just it's just a good thing to um uh, I uh, commend you for doing it and I hope that you're what you're trying to accomplish for you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Need a lot sure, of good
1: right? well, like we talked about earlier, I mean, hey man just talk to people. Like I say I can sit here all day long. Sitting by the pool and talking, talking duck hunting, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what I got to do when I get back, and we got to get ready for, and yeah, coordinating, and you know, it's just it's a it's a all the time deal if you're passionate about it, whether regardless of what it is, and uh, you obviously have, have found something that you're passionate about and trying to, uh, um, share that with other people, and it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun time. A lot of a lot of smart people out there. There's good death killers
1: from. out there, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. And the more people I can talk to, the more I can learn about hunting them and all that kind of different stuff. I mean, the things that I've learned just doing this from different people all over just um, unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we we'll get things uh wrapped up here but once again thank you brian absolutely you have fun down in florida and don't work too hard down there
1: hey we're, we're, i can promise you i'm not <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: well we'll talk to you later okay thank you
0: sir you have a good one you too buddy bye, bye. and that wraps things up for today for episode 15 with living the guide life and Brian tells us how to, you know, run a, run a property and run a lodge and he does a great job down there and they kill a bunch of ducks under timber and all sorts of kind of stuff. And it was just great to hear his story and what goes down in his area of the woods. So enjoy.